You're listening to another episode of Carte Blanche, the podcast. All the stories you've come to love on a Sunday night, plus some extra content exclusive to the podcast. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. But for now, enjoy today's episode. He was one of the country's top liquidators, handling high profile and, as it turns out, dangerous cases. Many involved controversial companies linked to state capture and, as a barrier between shady personalities and their multi-million rand criminal empires, Clute Murray made many enemies. The brutal assassination of Murray and his son Thomas has rattled the liquidation sector and, with their killers still on the loose, the question on everyone's lips is, who could be next? The 18th of March, 2023. A hot, late summer afternoon in Gauteng. Klute Murray, the liquidator known for winding up some of the country's bigger state capture cases amongst many other multi-million rand matters, was driving northwards with his son, Thomas. Then came chaos. Just beyond the new road off-ramp in Midrand, Assassins let loose their violence. An assault rifle aimed directly at Murray and his son. This was done with precision and expertise. These assassins don't miss. Nine bullets pummeled the car with the final shots penetrating the driver's headrest. The brutality of it all, unspeakable. The vehicle eventually came to a standstill about 50 meters from the bridge. Thomas Murray died on the scene. His father succumbed to the bullets a few hours later in hospital. The hit has sent shockwaves through the legal and insolvency fraternity. Most retreated into their fear. Few were prepared to speak out. I think that the entire industry is in shock at the moment. Are we at a point in this country where the law no longer matters? Because the people who try to enforce the law, them and their families, are now personal targets. In April 2022, we spoke to attorney John Walker. His clients, Christine Rousseau and Tessie Besedenhout, were both senior officials at the master's office that oversees liquidations and deceased estates. They had appointed Kluter to the liquidation of Busasa, an infamous company enmeshed in state capture. That decision cost them their reputations and their jobs when the Justice Department suspended them. So the masters that appointed Murray as a liquidator, they're out of the way. Now he's out of the way. That's where we are. That's where we are now. Busasa may not be the reason for his death, but it's no secret the directors wanted Kluti Murray off the case. The television interview we conducted with Murray was his last. Is state capture over? No, most certainly not. People often think that 
now that it's on the commissioner's report, that these people will just go away. They won't. They're fighting. There's most certainly still some residual uh, evidence of state capture in the system. Attempts to remove Murray from the Busasa liquidation went right up to the Supreme Court of Appeal. But the court found Clutie Murray stays. I am known to be a astute liquidator. I investigate matters properly. And I think I probably asked the wrong questions. Also in Murray's portfolio was the liquidation of Trillion, another controversial company responsible for looting millions from ESCOM and Transnet. It's going to take a number of years to investigate all of these matters. But ultimately, we as a country need to deal with this. We can fight it, uh, but it's not over on any stretch of the imagination. So would you say that the more you dig, the more powerful or connected individuals possibly stand to lose? Yes. I mean, if, if, if people benefited from corruption, uh, there's a very good likelihood that that would come out in the 417 inquiry. A 417 inquiry is a legal process for liquidators to probe the affairs of the company, establish director liability and recover money. So who would want Clutie Murray out of the way? Well, as one source said to us, take a ticket and stand in line. Over a long career, he had made some very powerful enemies. I asked Clutie Murray this question. Often politicians and connected people will give a defense. They'll say, where is the smoking gun? It's clear now that he had a lot of smoking guns. Not only that, bearing in mind that the 417 inquiry is really a powerful tool. You as a witness, you're forced to answer all questions, even questions that incriminate you. If you are subpoenaed to a 417, you are laid bare. Your transactions are laid bare. Everything that you've done, every cent you've received, they want to know why you received it. And if you didn't get it lawfully, then you must pay it back. As the 417 on Busasa continued, the former acting chief master, Tessie Besedenhout, spent the year in a legal battle with the Department of Justice with the aim of getting her job back at the master's office. Before he died, according to Walker, Murray called her. Kluter contacted us last week on Tuesday. He indicated that he was about to finish or proceed with the Section 417 inquiry. Well, his words were he was on the cusp of uh, subpoenaing various prominent politicians uh, to come and testify at that inquiry. Was he able to indicate to you and Tessie who those prominent people were? Yes, he did, uh, but uh, you must excuse me with, with uh, his murder. I'm not, I'm not at liberty to, to divulge that. Is it about his? It's members of cabinet. Uh, in certain instances, it's, uh, it's high-ranking, very, very high-ranking government officials. The police were back at the crime scene on Wednesday. If they have any clues, they aren't saying. But exposed in this shocking recording leaked to us is that Clutem Murray's death came as no surprise. Karen Keevy, recorded here, is talking to a fellow liquidator. I think it's 
I can't believe it took so long. I was like, when? Okay, boom. It's not the right way. It's not how you sort things out. It doesn't work like that. Sometimes it's the only way. It was a matter of time and we all knew it. She criticizes Kluter for winding down Busasa too quickly when there were lucrative fees to be made. You can run the thing for three years. While the 417 continues, imagine the fees that you can make. But no, face the sides. Bull in the China shop attitude. It reminds me of the apartheid people, the Afrikaners, the men who were in control of this country. But most chilling, she implies she has information about Kluter's killers. I'm saying to you, it wasn't the ANC. It wasn't Basasa. It wasn't the Guptas. They are still sitting and wondering what they're going to do. It was our people. The shooter was a white person. The instructor was a white person. When we contacted Karen Keevy on Friday evening, she blamed alcohol for her comments and said her conversation was just her opinion and she has no evidence to back up her claims. Say to John Walker, he must make sure he is safe. While John has upped his security, especially after receiving a disappearing warning on a messaging app, simply saying one by one. As in, we're going to get you? It doesn't say me. I, I have to probably make my own conclusions. I thought it was a prank. I don't know what to read in it. This was Saturday evening. Uh, this is before I even found out about uh, Kuta's murder. But John, that says you're next. You know, my mind says to me, it's not a movie. It's ridiculous. And you know, I don't want me to be the center of this, of this thing. Tessie Besedenhout and Christine Rousseau have not given up their fight for justice. They believe they were wrongfully suspended, but they too are now wary and nervous. Do you believe you're a target? I have fears, yes. And not without reason. She alleges the lawyer acting against her on behalf of the department sent her a link to the news of Kluter's murder. There was nothing said. It was just the link. This is the lawyer for the opposing side? Yes. So it would be unethical of him to communicate with me without my attorney's permission. Saying, have a look at how this guy died? Yes. How do you sleep after that? You sleep with your one eye open. You'll remember the last time I spoke to you. I said to you that the only people that still investigate corporate fraud are liquidators. Their job is to recover the monies that were unlawfully siphoned off. And we are talking hundreds of millions of rands. Several sources have suggested to us the new acting master is making arbitrary appointments of liquidators in matters that are years old, simply so they can benefit from the fees. Is the master's office right now captured? In my view, absolutely. We now have arbitrary appointment of liquidators in estates that have been going for years. Uh, no reasons are given. Kluter himself was removed from an estate uh, by the Pretoria master's office without any reasons being given. 
So, is state capture at play at the master's office? And who will step into the breach in place of Clute Murray? And as the list of assassinations grows longer, will his killers ever be brought to book? The early signs, though, aren't good. Investigative journalist Kyle Cowan found a file of an important case Clute and Thomas were working on in their bullet-riddled car, a sign the police investigation has already been bungled. For more on the impact of these murders, I'm joined in studio by the story's producer, Joy Summers, and co-founder of Daily Mavericks, our Burning Planet division, and investigative journalist, Kevin Bloom. Thank you to you both for joining us this evening. Joy, Cluter Murray worked on high-profile cases, including Bosasa. What is the link to the master's office? Well, I think the important thing to understand is that if you control the master's office, you control the liquidator. And... Clutie Murray was a hard-nosed, uncompromising liquidator. The uh, master's office, if, you, if that is captured and you then have friendly liquidators, then you don't investigate financial crime in the way that you should. So the likes of Clutie Murray are very, very necessary for that we can prosecute financial crimes? A good liquidator, certainly. Uh, an uncompromising, um, ethical liquidator um, backed up by the important institution of the master's office is absolutely imperative in dealing with financial crime. And we have a problem with dealing for, with financial crime. Part of the reason is that is why we were grey-listed, actually. Mm. Kevin, um, it's often said that it's unhelpful to speculate, but in this case, it's hard not to put two and two together. I, I would say in this case, it is hard to put two and two together. Um, there's amazing investigative work that's being done by Cal Cowan at, uh, at News24 here. And he's moving very quickly. And he's put out three important, very important pieces in a week so that this case doesn't go cold. But it's difficult to put two and two together because Kyle has told us what was in that file on, 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 in, in the footwell. And the names in that file don't point to perpetrators of state capture. Now, the question is, since the NPA, uh, and, and this is a prosecutor-led investigation, so the NPA is working very closely with SAPS and with the Hawks in trying to hone in mm. on who the perpetrators are. But it could be, it could be, because the NPA and the Hawks are already bungling the case, that that file was left there as a, as a red herring. My question is, um, who has that 417 inquiry? Mm. We don't have it at Daily Maverick. Uh, I have no way of knowing whether News 24 has it. But the way I see it, who should have it now? Because the master's office is clearly captured. Yeah. So does the SIU have it? Because there are a whole range of presidential pro proclamations when it comes to state-owned enterprises that would say the, S the, the SIU should have this. Yeah. And there, there, there's one other... I mean, there are many, many questions, but... You know, I can't help thinking about a statement that Musi Maimani put out in December 2018, I think it was, when he was still the leader of the DA. And he pointed to the fact that um, the lawyer who had facilitated the 500,000 rand payment to the CR17 campaign uh, sure. w 
worked he, he, he worked for uh, a, a group of lawyers and, and he was in, in charge of the trust, but he used to be a director at Trillion Capital. There's lots to unpack here as well. But when you look at, I mean, your last story that you did, Joy, where you did speak to Clutha Murray, and he said that, you know, it didn't seem that he felt that there was a threat to his life. You know, and sometimes when you have a whistleblower like that or somebody who's doing their work like that, it puts a target on their back. Do we think that there could be even more than one target, as Kevin is alluding to? Well, I think if you look at the, the number of cases, high profile um, state capture cases, private cases that he was busy with. And just to pick up on what Kevin was saying, one of those, the, those liquidations that he was, he, he was busy with was Trillion. Um, so it could really, he's right, it could be any number of different cases, but I do think one has to look at the 417. We mm. know that Clutie Murray phoned uh, Tessie Bezaidenote. Um, what did he tell her? Who were those politicians that he's, he's mentioning? We need to go and have a look at that. The police need to go and have a look at that. The question is, in this climate, in South Africa, will they? Speaking of the climate, I mean, watching that insert, you can just see the fear for me, just seeing the body language of people who you interviewed. What's the atmosphere like in the liquidation sector right now? Well, I can tell you how much I battled just to get a liquidator to go on camera. And in fact, we didn't get one. They, as I say, they all retreated into their fear. Mm -hmm. People were terrified because suddenly they don't know if they go after these high-profile individuals, whoever they may be, are they next? Are, is their are their families next? And so this is a very, very important moment because what does it mean for solving financial crime if liquidators are no longer going to go and ask, as Clutie Murray said, the difficult questions? What does it mean, Kevin? I mean, we listened to John Walker. He had such a profound question in that insert where he says, are we at the point in this country where the law no longer matters? Would you say we're heading there or we're there? In, in my experience as an investigative journalist, we're there. Um, and, and I want to refer again to the fact that the SIU should be picking this up because the master's court is captured. The master's office is captured. Uh, in, in, in the big high-profile cases that we've been covering at Daily Maverick, I think of Peter Louis Myberg on Digital Vibes, uh, no charges have been brought. I've been covering um, clear uh, string of allegations and evidence linking our former deputy president to a land claim scam in Mpumalanga. And a major criminal complaint has been laid by the organization undoing tax abuse. I can't get an answer out of the NPA on the status of that, and it goes on and on and on. I mean, you're also doing an investigation into corruption at ESCOM as well. Exactly. And still, same scenario. It's, it's the same scenario. I mean, there's a, there's a serious chilling effect here. Mm. Joy, the work that Clutha Murray was busy with, what happens to that? Who fills those enormous shoes? I think that's a million-dollar question. Because as a liquidator, if you're going to go in now and ask those hard, tough questions... Um, do you have the courage to do that? Um, who does that? What happens to their families? Mm -hmm. And perhaps that's exactly what these guys wanted. You know, so as Clutie Murray says, then you just get a friendly liquidator and the matter just goes away. So it seems that the environment is fertile and being created for friendly liquidators. 
Kevin, maybe you can answer that. Uh, that certainly was uh, one of Clutie Murray's concerns when we spoke mm -hmm. to him last year, yeah? Well, we can delve into this for a very long time. It's a very dark story. We expect there to be more developments, hopefully some arrests. Thank you to both of you for joining us in studio tonight. Fearless, respected and forever silenced. Liquidator Clutie Murray's murder has left the industry shaken. We commend the brave individuals who risked it all to speak to us. And that's another wrap. In case you missed any of our previous chats with Daily Maverick, you can find them all on Carte Blanche, the podcast, available on Spotify and all major podcasting platforms. Have a story to share with us? Head on over to the Carte Blanche website and click on the Tip Us Off tab. Who knows? It could be on a future episode of Carte Blanche, the podcast, available on Spotify and all major platforms.